0: Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark, and I'm here with a very special guest. And the reason that he's so special, a lot of people are special for different things, but this guy's special because he makes food. Oh, my goodness, the food this guy makes. Chef Sean Langan, welcome.
1: Uh, correct. Thank you, and welcome to uh, the radio show.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, well, you own a new restaurant in Woodenville. or Woodenville uh, It's Duval. actually,
1: it's in Duval. Duval, uh, Flavor yeah. Bistro. It's been there about two years.
0: Has it really? Yeah, it's
1: coming up on two years this uh, June. Will be wow. two years.
0: I never even heard of it before and, until last week. And then I had the opportunity to eat there and I went, whoa. This I, better, is I
1: better get with my marketing person. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I know. You know. Get the, sandwiches, the sandwich boards, you know? yeah. Um, But well, clearly you did, weren't hurting for customers. So, you know, it was it, it was a lovely experience. And I don't necessarily want to make this show just a promo for your restaurant, sure. although it's a great one. I want to talk about you. Mm-hmm. What brought you to
1: Duval. Well, you know, originally, I actually, I'm from Seattle. I owned uh, Amore Restaurant in uh, Belltown. And uh, then I had Amore infused, and there was a fire that broke out. And it pretty much uh, gutted my kitchen. It was a 10,000-square-foot restaurant. It sat 450. Wow. Um, and I had that for about 15 years in downtown Seattle. So that's, that's the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually been uh, looking around for another location, same as in Belltown. Mm-hmm. And uh, turn of events happened, and I just decided I was done with Seattle. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, a
0: lot of people are deciding they're done with Seattle. Oh, yeah, so that was
1: uh, <laughs> that was just about seven years ago, and I came out to uh, the valley one day and discovered uh, um, a place in Fall City. Mm-hmm. And I opened up uh, Fall City Bistro. Okay. and that was set all by itself i'm sure everyone's familiar with fall city mm-hmm. and they're familiar a lot of people are familiar with the place it was called the other place i guess yes um so i actually opened up uh, fall city bistro there
0: okay when was that
1: um that has been 5 years ago
0: okay so, so are you still are you still operating that
1: no um c- certain events happened and uh um Due to the building and the age of the building, I was no longer able to operate a restaurant there. Oh, okay. So uh, difficulties, like I said, difficulties happened, and uh, um, it wasn't conducive to a food establishment anymore, so I came out and I built out Flavor Bistro.
0: Okay, great. Right in Duval, in the heart of Duval, and right in the
1: heart of Duval. Yeah,
0: you yeah. know, I'm saying it like the newcomers. It's always been Duval, and if you and the city still wants it to be Duval. Well, but.
1: you know what's funny is I was spent my whole life in downtown Seattle. The first experience I actually major experience I had with the East Side was opening up um, False City Bistro. Uh-huh. I had only even been to Snoqualmie Falls maybe once or twice in my life. Well, you
0: are a Seattle boy.
1: Oh, I'm Westside. Yes, completely. Were you born
0: and raised in Seattle?
1: I was born and raised in Ballard.
0: Oh, my gosh. I went to
1: West Woodland Elementary School. Mm -hmm. um, And then uh, when the busing and things Mm -hmm. was going on, we uh, moved up to Shoreline. Mm -hmm. And I uh, graduated from Shorewood High School.
0: Wow. And so you just stayed local. Where would you get your training, though?
1: So, I've always known since I was very young, a little kid, that I wanted to be a chef. I didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. called. I just loved dealing with food. Uh, Growing up, my mother owned restaurants, more of a uh, diner style. Mm -hmm. Uh, My father was in construction and had a construction company.
0: So, you knew business. Well, my mother
1: wasn't the greatest business person, but she could cook some mean home-style food.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, when I was a kid, like I said, I, I grew up in Ballard. Mm -hmm. So I used to go all the time down to the market from a little kid, ride my bicycle down there. Mm -hmm. And I loved all the colors, the smells. I've always, I've always known I was going to do food. Yeah. You know, when I was a little kid, my mother, uh, wouldn't really let me cook. So what I used to do is take, uh, tomato cans and I'd cut the bottom off them, Uh and I'd put poke holes in the top of them, and I'd put a candle, and I would cook carrots and things like that.
0: Oh, you made your own little camp stove. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I've always known I wanted to do food. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, so then from uh, there, I I worked in both both industries, construction and uh, restaurants.
0: Well, that's probably why uh, your assistant was telling me, that you took care of the decor and the interior and everything. And oh, were, yeah. My yeah.
1: ADD mine Yeah. 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 So everything that I do, uh, presentation, uh, developing my restaurants. I've had, I used to own Chantrell's that was in uh, downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. I design my own places. I also uh, hands-on with building them.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very well, You know, it's interesting um, talking about, you know, leaving Seattle because, I mean, you know, we've been talking about that a lot. Um, and how, you know, I mean, when I first came to Seattle, I, I came here as, you know, a, a teenager. And I, you could walk downtown at night. You could do, you know, and now it's just become such a, it's become New York City. Well, the
1: thing is with yeah. me is when I was in Seattle, Seattle had a lot of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still very artsy. Yeah. I lived down on Capitol Hill. I was very much into the art scene. Yeah. Um, now, I, to me, it has lost a great deal of character.
0: Oh, it has. Uh,
1: everything looks the same. All the mm-hmm. It's just not enough character. Of course, I, I
0: think about that. You know, when I look at Baffle and Redmond and how much they've grown, but they all look exactly the same.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. What surprised <laughs> me is that... I thought Capitol Hill would be the last of the commercial
0: mm-hmm.
1: places to happen, but it's actually one of the first places that went commercial. Um, it used to be a creative, cultural, um, great area for restaurants, mm-hmm. and, and it's just gone completely commercialized. The last holdout is actually Fremont, and the other last holdout is actually Duval. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I love Duval. Yeah. It's uh, not big commercial corporate scene.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of us are hoping that it doesn't ever get there.
1: Well, you know, the the thing is, is people ask me about uh, Duval and what I what I call it is Mayberry.
0: Mayberry. Yeah, it's just no! it's super
1: friendly. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. It's the Valley and Duval is I'm just shocked when I first opened up in Duval. Just for the simple fact, Duval has about 10 Facebook pages.
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you can go on it, and if someone loses a glove or anything in a park, someone will take a picture of that and post it up on the Duval page. Yeah. So when you have that kind of hominess, it's complete Mayberry. Well, but I was just, Mayberry's a great thing because okay,
0: you're so you're not seeing that as rubes, you're seeing that as no, friendly it's, uh, and warm uh, and welcoming.
1: Oh, completely. Yeah. It's the last. It's the last that we have, I believe, in this state.
0: Yeah. I don't know about the whole state because, you know, if we're in Eastern Washington, you've got some
1: Well, you yeah, some you're, nice you're you're still. right, but within yeah. within the Seattle uh, and Bellevue boundaries Seattle also. is just
0: well, you know, and I'm I'm up front with my political views. I mean, uh, Seattle to me has just oh. become this big megalith that's just consuming oh, don't, everything. D- don't
1: even get me going. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. I was very much uh, um into the political scene because I was a business owner. Yeah. In, well, in that, Seattle,
0: and I mean, let's face it, Seattle is not the place to be a business owner.
1: They're not, uh, it's not friendly to business. Well, and not how do
0: you know, okay, we are going to talk about this because how do they figure they're going to support the place if they're chasing out all the businesses? I don't get that.
1: It's, I think that we have city council members and certain people that. Do not understand the operations of business.
0: I think I blame schools not teaching civics anymore. No, it's, <laughs> civics and economics. They uh, don't teach it.
1: There's a lot of things that aren't being taught. Yeah. You know, as a as a I'm an older person. Well, so, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to understand the extracurricular activities and everything that the schools had when I was growing up yeah. was phenomenal. You were taught skills, you were yes. you know Um, There's a lot more put into the, uh, just to the, not so much of the social aspect, but just of the training aspects, Yeah, you know, of of growing up, all the extracurricular activities that are now taken away. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for the extracurricular activities that uh, I was afforded and offered Mm -hmm. when I was a kid growing up, I'm hugely into art. Mm Mm-hmm. And the schools and our public schools had the extracurricular activities of after school art classes, music classes, all of that. So it it helped uh, my energy and it gave me some direction.
0: Well, and it helps you channel that direction. Oh, completely. You know, I mean, do I? What, you get a, a chance to do the art. You get a chance to do the cooking. You get a chance to do the, the. You know, and I don't know if the schools routinely offer industrial arts and home economics and things like that now. I suspect some of them do. A lot of them still do, but I think that people. I, I question who's being channeled to those. And I think, because I think everybody should be channeled to those.
1: Oh, you know? completely. I, not I not took, just
0: the AP students, you know, that are channeled somewhere else. And then we'll give the other students, you know, I, I think yeah, that the, everybody needs the that. The funny
1: thing about when you, when you say uh, home ac is that, uh, um, you know, when I was growing up and we had home ec, um, Yes. And I took home ac classes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got laughed at a lot for taking home classes. Yeah. Because it was something you, you can sign up for, mm-hmm.
0: yes. Yeah. So,
1: but I took homac. You, you know, did that because of the cooking for the cooking, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was an opportunity. So you could say
0: your first professional training ground was Shoreline High School.
1: Um, actually, it was in uh, um, Einstein Junior High.
0: Einstein. Okay. All yeah. right. So junior high. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, I had I took it a um, hundred years ago when I was uh, in high school, and we had Mrs. Nace. Mrs. Nace was the instructor. She was just about as wide as she was tall. (laughs) And she always wore these shirtwaist dresses. You know, do you know what those are? Those are the ones that have a belt right at the middle. Oh, yeah. And they kind of flare out. Yeah. Always. Stuart.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Always. She wore those things. And I was so excited about the cooking because my mom did country cooking. You know, and I still do that. I mean, you give me a ham and I'm going to make a New England boiled dinner. You know, oh. just throw it all in the pot, boil the hell out of it, and it's good for a week. Well, see, you know? <laughs> and, and
1: that's the, I don't, uh, my uh, my favorite dinner to me is actually fried chicken. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because cool. my mother could cook a mean fried chicken and a pot roast. Yeah. Of course, I took cooking to a whole new level um, as far as uh, my background went. Mm-hmm. you know i'm uh uh like my kids say i'm more of gourmet and they don't like the gourmet
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, i like to they I will just, <laughs> no
1: uh, they're they're grown up married you know mm-hmm. the whole works. So, so they're
0: already their their tastes their palate
1: their palates is, have developed okay they'll yeah. change though yeah it, uh, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think so
0: that's what I always said about my kids. You're not even fully cooked yet. You don't have, yeah, yeah. You know. Don't tell me about this, that, and the other Completely. thing. You're not even fully cooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they're grown up and moved out and everything, they're pretty much fully cooked. So. Oh, yeah.
1: No, but I love a great home cooked meal. Yeah. I don't. Myself, I actually don't cook at home. Really? Uh, tell so, me.
0: Tell me you get takeout.
1: Actually, well, if you want to know what I do, and yeah, this is a yeah. it's actually getting widely known is that after work. So I work 85 hours a week. Uh-huh. I'm at physically at my restaurant 85 hours a week now that I'm opening up uh, a second one the Italia I'll be there even more yeah but uh, I go home and I go through a drive-thru and I have cheesy gordito crunches
0: oh there you go I'm
1: a Taco Bell guy there you go yeah and and a lot of people they say how can (laughs) you It's one of those things that comfort food. It's like I'll go home and I'll have a bowl of cereal sometimes. Oh, you know it's- what my
0: dad used to do? My dad grew up during the Depression and he was extremely poor, like barefoot and, you know, oh, yeah. looking in the woods for things they could kill for dinner. And his favorite midnight snack was to take a piece of white Wonder Bread, put it in a bowl, pour milk on it, and sprinkle it with sugar and eat it. Oh, and yeah. you know what? It's
1: good. Yeah, I'm, I actually remember those days with my grandparents. Yeah. They, they would do the same. But, you know, to me, Taco Bell, you know, Captain Crunch is comfort food. Yeah. Isn't so. that funny? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. oh, and a lot of people laugh at the fact that I do do Taco Bell.
0: Well, yeah, I imagine, you know, when they, I mean, because looking at your menu, you have some pretty exotic stuff there and you change it around all the time. It's and, constantly. Well, I was going to say, let me look, because I was looking at it and you have elk. Uh, you know, on the menu that I'm yeah
1: on the fresh on the freshy, and we we do python, kangaroo, alligator,
0: wild boar ribs. Mm-hmm. I w- next time I'm going to have those, um, I, but I have to save up.
1: <laughs> but you know, being a chef, I just want to work with yeah. everything. I love, um, like I said, I'm at my restaurant 85 hours a week. Uh, my first love and my favorite love is food is yeah. cooking yeah. is throwing things together
0: okay so how do you stay so thin because you're thin
1: because I drink about uh, uh, probably about 20 to 30 cups of coffee a day
0: oh my gosh' I'm and, amazing you're it's amazing you're still alive and, uh, and
1: I uh, and I'm on my feet constantly I do not sit down yeah you know, yeah I think I'm, that's the secret I'm go 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 yeah. Completely.
0: Well, you know what? I'm looking at the time here and we've got a break coming up in just uh, a couple of minutes. And uh, I wanted to ask, what I want to at, talk about coming up is how you make some of your flavor choices. How do you make some of your dishes, you know, the, the choices for what you're going to put on your menu? And I know you're always changing it up. But, you know, I mean, I'm looking at wild boar. And did, did I see boa or was that something?
1: No, that's python.
0: Python. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really?
1: Yeah, that's uh, Burmese ha- python.
0: Yeah. And, you know, how do you where do you get them? How do you think of that stuff? and when i was at your restaurant recently i had i it made me think of denver because i got a lemon drop drink which i've only had once before and it was in denver at the same time i was at a restaurant where we had the fried alligator oh yeah all you were missing was the fried deep fried pickles and it would have just been denver oh
1: so one of my one of my uh uh i will never touch a pickle oh really (laughs) yes you don't like them i cannot handle dill pickles
0: well, it doesn't have to be a dill. I like sweet
1: pickles. Yeah. They're okay.
0: I'm kind of in love with bread and butter pickles right now. They're kind of in between. Yeah,
1: I am not a pickle fan Jeez. at all. <laughs> not well, at I'll all. tell you what. If, if a dill you pickle- You would like my pickles. Yeah. If a, if, a pick, <laughs> if a dill pickle comes near anything or I yeah. get a whiff of it, I cannot. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, we're going to
0: take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you find these, make these selections. Do you just pour through the, the food magazines? Or I never
1: you... pick up a food magazine in my life. Really? Never. I don't want it to uh, get in the way of my own food thoughts and beliefs.
0: Wow. That's a purist. Yeah. And of course, that fits well with me because I am such a purist on so many things. We're going to take a break. I'm Heather Stark, and I am here with Chef Lungan, and we are going to talk more food when we come back after this.
1: Perfect. This is Dr. Tom Shives.
0: And I'm Tracy McRae. Get the latest health and medical news each week on Mayo Clinic Radio, airing Sunday at noon on Valley 104.9 KAPY-FM. And catch the Mayo Clinic Health Minute at 8.20 a.m. and 5.20 p.m. each weekday. You're alone in the car. You don't know why. You're just not sure.
1: There was something up there, something out there, you heard it, you saw the eyes, the radio was on. It was Desert Oracle Radio on Valley 104.9 Community Radio, Sundays at 8 p.m. Desert
0: Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert.
1: out the best in roots music americana blues bluegrass newgrass acoustic and electric folk and some good old rock and roll on roots and riffs with your host tom b join me every monday evening from 7 to 9 p.m for an all killer no filler trip across the musical map that's roots and riffs mondays from 7 to 9 p.m on valley 104.9 have been
0: taught, there's no sound. Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm Heather Stark, and we are here interviewing a chef, a gourmet chef. And, you know, I have a dirty little secret. I work out like a son of a gun at the Y, right? You'd never know it by looking at me, but I work out like a son of a gun. And whenever I'm on those sh- machines, I like, I couldn't do the Stairmaster for more than five minutes because they didn't have a TV attached. And it was like, don't ask me to just stand here and contemplate my navel while I'm doing this thing, you know? I got, I got to have something to take my mind off of it, right? And so they installed the the, tele, the televisions on just about everything. And so I watch all those cooking shows. Now, I don't cook like that. We already talked about this off air. I mean, I'm a real, I grew up in northern Ohio. We consider ketchup a high, high spice. That's high spice, you know. And I'm just an ordinary, like, I guess a farm cook, you know, give me the mm-hmm. pot roast with the veggies around it and bake the heck out of it. Or as I was telling you, the New England boiled dinner, that's about once a year. I make that meatloaf. I love doing that stuff. And of course, nobody wants to eat that stuff anymore. So I make it like once a year and then I gorge. Oh, myself I love a it. good meatloaf. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. next time I love I make it. I love a good meatloaf. In <laughs> fact, we
1: do a vegan meatloaf. Oh, please get yeah. away with the vegan. Um, <laughs> oh, it's 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 yeah. you wouldn't even know it was. I vegan. Used,
0: well, I used to raise sheep. And so I d- developed this um, um, meatloaf where I would use ground lamb, ground veal, and uh, so a little bit of ground pork and ground beef. Oh, yeah, you almost have a together. bolognese there. What is it? Uh,
1: a bolognese sauce, almost. Oh, really? Yeah, just a tomato it's, sauce. It's not yeah. bolognese sauce. But no, I get those, with those it. cooking shows, I I don't watch them. Really? I don't watch cooking shows. I don't uh, pick up magazines.
0: Well, when I'm watching them, I think in the first place, you can't watch them when you're hungry. But in the second place, when I watch them, I think, you know, they come up with all these ingredients that you've never heard of. And I find that interesting. Oh, I didn't know such a thing existed. I didn't know. that. I rarely ever go out and actually get it. But it's kind of fun to know that, oh, you know, you can do this with a dragon fruit, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So you go to the grocery store and the dragon fruit, seven dollars, you know. Then. Well, well, the
1: thing is, is that we have we have the opportunities now. And recently, I mean, for a little bit far back that we can get anything that we want from around this globe. Any type of ingredient, anything that our little heart desires. Yeah. you know Right now, my uh, my restaurant we, uh, we do a lot of focus on uh, the French and uh, Asian flavors, a little bit of eclecticness thrown in, but uh, um, that's where my focus has been a lot is uh, basically on the Asian influence. Okay.
0: Now, I didn't see that when I when I was looking at your menu. It's
1: this Asian this origins. menu... Or are you did,
0: talking about your flavors and your... The flavor.
1: Spices? Yeah, the flavor profiles and things like this yeah. menu that comes out. I change my menu about every three to four months. Mm-hmm. I deal with the smallest of smallest micro farmers that are in the valley. Okay. Uh, they grow a lot of things specifically for me.
0: But where do you get like the boa? I, I mean, the, so, nobody's growing that around here that so, I'm aware of.
1: No. So, of course... My proteins and things sometimes I do have to have imported. Um, the python I actually got it imported from Vietnam, and the one thing is, is that it, it's a farmed python. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the states that are doing far, farmed python. Thank the Lord for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. the one thing is, is pythons very high in mercury. Oh, really? So if someone says, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go eat a bunch of wild python," you, you really got to be that. careful. Yeah. There's certain things that are fed. To the pythons to keep the mercury levels down. Really? Yeah. And the python is phenomenal. Huh. Phenomenal in huh. the way that we do it.
0: Well, you know, it tickled me because I, ne- I haven't heard the word rock in a long time. Oh, yeah. I well, saw that on your menu. You know, my dad used to love the rock. you know. Uh,
1: well, uh, Durack pork is, uh, is actually a red meat pork. It's not a white meat pork. It's, oh, a really? red, it's a red meat pork, and it has a lot of marbling and things like that. It's just like a steak. Wow. It's phenomenal. Huh. But I like to mix things up. And, and you know, yeah. we're a fine dining restaurant, um, so we deal on the higher end of, of mm-hmm. things and ingredients and the freshness of product. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything is actually – my menus are put together, carefully structured, and also very much the way we order. Is a process. You know, only deal with humane um, farms. Yeah. Um, I allow See, no... We,
0: we can take you out of the city, but you're still a Seattleite. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't allow
1: net-caught fish, period, yeah. on my menu. Everything's got to be a troll caught.
0: What about the octopus? Do you get that here?
1: Uh, the octopus, actually, no. That is from... That comes over from Spain. Um, Why? What? What's wrong with our octopus? Octopi. Um, Octopuses. So some of the things that we have here... We haven't, you know, we're, we're known for salmon and, and things like that. Yeah. We're known for salmon and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, so I also deal with a farmed and not a wild Mm -hmm. octopus. Um, there's a certain, uh, size that I go for, for wanting an octopus. Mm -hmm. Um, locally, they, we don't have enough of it plain and honestly. Yeah. We well, it
0: actually, it makes sense to get these things farmed. I mean, it really does because, you know, we've got this little balance of nature thing going on. And if, when we go in and start pulling stuff out of the ocean, I mean, it, it just makes sense to completely. farm what we need, to yeah. grow it for ourselves instead of plucking it away from everything else. And okay, remember that email get, is heather.starkad. <laughs> some that.
1: of the things we do get wild, like the the boar is a wild boar.
0: Really? Yes. Oh, <gasps> You know what I want to do? Where do you, where does that come from? What's Texas. <gasps> Oh, I so want to do this. I want they they have um, helicopter hunting of wild boar.
1: So, here's the thing with me is that I can't kill anything.
0: Well, I've never killed anything, but I think I could kill one of those nasty wild boars from a oh, helicopter. You know, I think I could do that. They taste good. Well, they, that's the thing and then after you shoot it, they'll dress it out and you can you Yeah, know, I have just it. I
1: just can't. I've never been able to kill anything. Even I right. am a CIA Person Even uh, in culinary school and things, I couldn't even do a lobster.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, yeah but that's kind of gross. Yeah. You know, I mean, really? Well,
1: just the whole screaming aspect. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. yeah. I love to work with ingredients, my mind. <laughs> you know, the thing is with me and being a chef and thinking about flavor profiles is that even it's like I tell my staff and things. Sometimes I'll be driving down the road. If I see a, if I see something that catches my eye, even a beautiful tree or a flower, I think about the flavor profile, I can deliver that in my mind.
0: A tree? Figure, tell me how that works.
1: So everything that a chef does, at least for me, is that all my plates tell a story. Okay. Uh, my food is very three-dimensional. I'll look at a pine tree and try to figure out how I can get that taste onto my plate wait a minute you're losing
0: me a pine tree taste yeah you want me to taste pine trees you have to understand
1: juniper and things like that bring out different flavors and you can you know people are blown away because I don't use salt in my kitchen salt's not allowed really everything that mother nature gives us has acidity sodium and sugars
0: Okay, so you do have all that stuff in your food. You just don't have it added in.
1: We don't add it in. Yeah. No. Every everything has a balance and a harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, the the best way that I can do it for for um, layman's terms, who who doesn't get. Completely into the chef's head because we're hard people to understand.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, watch the we're, shows. <laughs>
1: we're uh, complete artists. We're sensitive. We're mm-hmm. a little bit egotistical. Um, I'm one of the humble ones, though. I've, <laughs> after after going through the fire and uh, and all that, it's it's made me quite humble. Yeah. So, but it's like, understand, if you have a plate and you do a pan-seared salmon, Mm-hmm. And then you say, oh, let's put mashed potatoes with it. I'm just saying that for me, that translates into a texture profile that is not. Um, it's mushy. Yes. It's exactly. all exactly. Yeah. So when you think of doing how putting a plate together, first mm-hmm. you think of flavors mm-hmm. and what you want to do. The most important thing of any dish is the first three bites. Okay. After that, everything blends together. So when I create. That is so sad. <laughs> well, it's true though, yeah. because at the first bite of what you're getting, you have to understand the way that flavors work. Acidity works in the cheeks, sugars okay. work directly in the center of the tongue, mm-hmm. um, spice works in the front of the tongue, certain peppers work in the back of the throat. Okay. So when you create a dish, you're not just putting, saying, hey, I'm going to put this on a plate and that on a plate. There's a reason mm-hmm. that it's done. For me, it's to not only get visual and not to just give flavor, but to get something going on as far as textures and what's going on in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Of where I want certain dishes to hit. Okay. My Asian dishes, I like the sweetness to hit, but I also like the acidity to hit. Yeah. And it's in such detail that it's hard to explain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my dishes tell a story in that aspect. I'm very three-dimensional. Yeah. So I'm very in-depth to my food. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, when some people say that uh, I do every great once in a while, I get someone telling me that uh, um, something's very salty. Mm-hmm. Really? And it surprised me. Even my lobster biscuits and things are made from the shells of the lobster in the old traditional format of doing it. Yes. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have all these bases and everything. No extra salts. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you create a dish, none of my stuff is just thrown together within minutes.
0: So how long does it take you to create a new dish?
1: Well, you have to to understand, I think of food 24-7.
0: Okay. So do I, I, but (laughs) probably not not for the same reasons I think of (laughs) I think
1: of ingredients, it's I think of flavor profiles all the time. People say that you know, in Seattle they called me Mad Chef just because I work with different things. Mm -hmm. Um I am in an industry and I'm doing what I completely love to do. Yeah.
0: Well, that's very cool. Not a lot uh, yeah. of people can say that. I'm
1: fortunate, and even on my bad days, I got to remind myself <laughs> that I'm doing exactly what yeah. I wanted to exactly. do.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, you mentioned your kids and family. How do how have they weathered dad having? So this they've particular- been
1: they've been uh, they've had to sacrifice a lot. Mm-hmm. They've been hugely supportive. Uh, I've as a chef, you know, I'm always gone. Yeah. Uh, I missed a lot of, uh, I missed a lot of activities. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have a great bond and a great deal of love mm-hmm. and respect that you know they've, they've pushed me. They've helped me overcome a lot. You have to understand the, the fire of my restaurant Amore that I had for 15 years took a lot out of me. Um, they were very supportive. I wasn't sure I was actually going to get back into uh, um, the restaurants or not. So,
0: but you made that decision to get back in.
1: I'm addicted. <laughs> uh, you know, you go you go a couple months and not uh, not working with food as far for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I was getting back into it. My my kids have always been supportive.
0: Yeah. What's the oddest thing or most unusual thing you've ever concocted and served um and did you did you practice on your family on some of these things
1: no my son can't handle gourmet food okay even even if i just do a simple chicken fettuccine he says just make it a chicken fettuccine don't throw any of that other stuff in there no Uh -uh. i do not when i if i ever if i ever cook at home i i like barbecue
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Uh, you can't really lose with that, you
1: know. No, but I we do a lot of. I like to delve into a lot of essence of things. I uh, also uh, um, I can take mushroom dirt and make it uh, taste like chocolate by drying it, freezing it, and knocking it into a powder.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's talented.
1: Oh, you would not believe at the levels that I can do food. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we could start a cooking
1: show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i love it and the thing the thing with the valley is that uh i have great phenomenal relationships out here that uh um i didn't have as a chef in seattle mm-hmm. you know well, i that's deal because we're just nicer well i, I here i deal <laughs> directly with the farmers yeah you know i uh it's It's phenomenal to a chef to be able to uh, sit down with the farmer and talk to him about what the next menu is going to look like and what you're looking to do. And I have Sprout and Green Farms who does hydroponically grown things just for me wasabi, arugulas, nasturtiums, things like that that are just for me that will blow your mind just on that aspect alone. We just have, there's just a lot available out here in the valley.
0: Well, you know, when we've only got a couple of minutes left before break. Actually, we probably don't. But I'm going to ask you this when we return from break. It's hard, even you know. Sometimes somebody like me, I don't go out a lot, you know. And when I do, I'm kind of going, really that much for that, you know. Um, but oh, yes, it, I was going to say, but even with higher figures and higher prices, it's still hard to make a living doing. Restaurants, you, I think because the, the, you've got, you've got that whole running the business component. You've got the specialized food component, you know, you've got all that to deal with. So when we come back from our break, I'm going to ask you about that and how you deal with it and whether you have any advice for other people who want to start opening a restaurant.
1: Oh, that's perfect. Okay. That's so perfect. we're
0: going to talk all about, all about that. When we come back, I'm Heather Stark with you on Valley talk and we'll be back after this.
1: remember to join us at 1 p.m. on Sunday for Animal Radio. Animal Radio is America's most listened to pet show. The nearly two-hour celebration of our pets is hosted by veterinaire talent Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. So tune in 1 p.m. Sunday Animal Radio. This is Dr. Tom Shives. And I'm Tracy McCrae. For the latest science and research breakthroughs in medicine, check in to Mayo Clinic Radio, Sunday at noon on Valley 104.9 FM, KAPY. Remember to take the journey on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. to midnight with musical star streams hosted by Forrest. Each week brings a new two-hour episode of Exotic
0: Electronica. It follows Radio Masterpieces, which airs at 9 p.m. on Valley 104.9, your community station. Thanks for listening to Valley
1: 104.9.
0: Welcome back to Valley Talk. I am here. I'm Heather Stark, your host, and I'm here with Chef Sean Langan. And he is the owner and proprietor and the brains behind the new restaurant. in. Well, it's not so new. It's yeah. new to me. I just, because I don't get around much, Flavor Bistro. And we've been talking about food just in general. We've talked a little bit about your restaurant specifically, but we've been talking a lot about just food. And one of the questions that I had before we went to break is, even with you know and sometimes I'm gobsmacked I'll walk into a restaurant I go really 60 something for that I don't think so Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact is even with those prices it's hard I mean I just go to the grocery store around here and I'm gobsmacked by how expensive it is you know I can't imagine getting some of this gourmet food and you mentioned you know specially grown stuff and you know I mean that has to be exponentially more expensive how do you run a business and it, make make a living. It
1: is difficult, and the thing is, is that um, the restaurant business, I, I think, is if you're not in it and doing it, is one of the most hardest and difficult businesses to to understand, mm-hmm. and to understand why there are these prices that they are. You know, and you mentioned the grocery store. The one thing, you know, people take a restaurant like mine, or they take any all restaurants. And they say, "Well, I can go to the grocery store and and get that for this price." There's, yeah, but it doesn't
0: taste the same. Well, there's
1: certain things that are that are happening in a grocery store, and that are happening in a restaurant. One thing in a restaurant, you will never get the quality of beef uh, that you you will never be able to find the beef in a, in a grocery store. Yeah. There's a there's a big difference when people say prime. There's ten different levels of prime beef. Yeah, you know, someone will say the grocery store has it for thirteen a pound, but yet I pay thirty a pound. That's Mm -hmm. because I'm at the high end of the prime spectrum. Yeah, exactly for my restaurant, and butchers and things and farmers do not sell that. Stores will not buy that because people will not pay that price. Exactly, exactly, and then. You have labored. People ask me all the time, um, "Any advice I can give them to open a restaurant?"
0: <laughs> is your is it a one word? It starts with a D. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, well, actually,
1: I, I tell them, "Don't do it." Yeah. Um, there's a lot of expenses involved, and we talked about you know uh, politics and all that, which is uh, um, affects the, the our industry. The hospitality industry gets hit quite a lot.
0: Well, I mean. And, Hello. They even started a few years ago the hospitality tax, you know, specifically to hit those industries. But I think, you know, let's segue into politics here. I think that I suspect that that industry is being hard hit now that people are not, especially in the Seattle area, now that people, you know, I mean, let's face it. Seattle now is kind of a dangerous, not so great place to visit. And I think word is getting out. We've seen a couple of TV specials, etc., where word is getting out with people who normally would have come to Seattle just for vacationing. And now they're kind of going, ah, uh, let's not go outside of the hotel at night. Uh, the, so that is the hospitality industry. It's not just restaurants, it's hotels. So are things getting harder hit now?
1: Well, you know, the, the one thing is, is that, you know, Seattle is a $15 minimum wage. And, you know, for even, even being out here in Duval, and wherever you are outside of Seattle, we still have to compete with that price mm-hmm. of, uh, and that labor price to stay competitive to, to where we can get staffing. Yeah, you know, running a running a restaurant is not the most easiest thing to do. Well, and you it's know?
0: not just the wages you pay. I mean, there's all the benefits, there's all the uh, taxes, the, the taxes L&I and, and the, the you know, taxes. I, mean, uh, I I ran a business for a while, so I mean, I'm not, I'm, I understand all that stuff. And then you've got the B and O tax and blah blah blah. And so it's not just that fifteen dollars an hour. It's it's the whole stuff that goes around it that probably makes it thirty five dollars an hour.
1: Well. Just when you throw everything together, you know, the, the wages, the, the price of leases, the insurance, mm-hmm. the phone, everything adds up. It used to be we used to be able to make a nickel off of every dollar, and now it's about two and a half cents. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I am not, and I refuse to do volume. My place cannot do volume mm-hmm. because everything we do is made to order. Um, so, there's you have a couple different types of restaurants. When you dine at a chef owned and operated restaurant, and that chef is back there cooking, believe me, you're going to de- be dealing with some of the highest quality products. Yeah. You know, because that's their passion. You go to a not owned commercial or corporate style restaurant, you're dealing with basically a coin, a penny counter. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you're dealing with. And they're going to cut costs and do everything that they need to do. And the, the labor bracket has, has when we, we open up at 5, but I get in at 11 o'clock every day. My staff gets in at 2, two o'clock, 3 o'clock. We're already behind um, in the dailies mm-hmm. just right before we even open. Yeah, And that's people have a big misconception. And when people mm-hmm. ask me, you know, what is it like to open a restaurant or what do they have to do to open a restaurant? What I tell people is make up a menu at home, invite five or 10 of your friends over, have them sit down like you're operating a restaurant, create yourself that menu, Mm -hmm. go to the store, go shopping and then see how long it takes you to throw that together. I have sauces that take days to make. I do fermentations that take months to make
0: somehow fermentation and food just that sounds that's old school Uh, yeah yeah well uh, we'll cut that yeah yeah yeah. well you know the
1: the i think the biggest fermentation that uh the most popular one of course is vitamin c oh okay (laughs) so I i actually
0: have a friend whose son is a chef and uh you know he he was a chef in toronto and you know so he's 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 working his way up and uh he just shocked me to death when he said, "Well, you know, the aged meat—that means it started to rot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i like, "Oh, wait a minute! That takes so much away well, from." Well, there's the a, there's meat.
1: a there's a chemistry in a uh, biological formation that that uh, my uh, my plum fermentation is. What do you
0: use plum fermentation sauce?
1: I use it on my octopus.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah, I do a lot of fermentations. You know, I do I, a pear
1: fermentation that is used on my duck.
0: My, my son went to uh, Korea, and so there's pictures of him eating the live octopus. Oh, that's just nasty. And, yeah, then, that and would, then in Tokyo, you know, those little tiny ones? Oh, they yeah. They sell them on the street on a stick, like a little, you know, yeah. kebab, you know, and it's just kind of like, Ew.
1: Octopus, if it's not done right, though, is tough. So if it's raw, he must have chewed that for a week
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think the idea is to swallow it whole, you know, or I mean to swallow it raw, you know, mm. but because the repercussions are, you know, sometimes those suckers stick. I don't know. I don't know. I he does the weird stuff. I don't. But you know, remember, I'm New England boiled dinner. So oh the yeah, course in Korea. Um, yeah, but but uh, and he's he's a, a bodybuilder, so he's always cooking livers and organ meats and you know all this kind of stuff, and it's kind of like oh wow uh, nasty. Uh,
1: um, no, I would try anything. Would you? Oh yeah. You bet.
0: He got a beef heart.
1: The only thing I can't do is I can't do spice.
0: Why can't you do spice?
1: I'm Irish. It, it gives me heartburn for days. Oh,
0: my God, I'm <laughs> Irish, and I am the same thing. Yeah. I can't do spicy I, I tell
1: everyone I'm a .05. Beyond that, my uh, my other cooks or somebody else has to see if the flavor is still there
0: wow yeah i
1: can't do i can't do spice
0: i don't like i don't like high spice remember i said you know the ketchup ketchup is high spice to me
1: <laughs> anything that i that i incorporate and uh what i figure is high spice we use apples and things like that yeah. to help tone it down yeah throw a little sweets in it yeah. natural sweets of the apples and things. but i'm
0: just not a big high spice kind of person you know oh no
1: anything that it is too hot that takes away the flavor yeah and doesn't allow for the balance oh very much so oh yeah but yeah no but i uh, didn't know
0: that had anything to do with being irish. i i always thought it was we, we were german my whole life we were german and then i had a cousin who did the family tree and then we did the 23 and me thing we're 99 percent irish oh yeah who no <laughs> irish
1: people are notorious for not handling have you spies. been to ireland no I've, oh you gotta go so i've spent most of my life in a kitchen yeah, you know. And well, they
0: have kitchens in Ireland. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Irish uh, food is uh, it's not really artsy. Uh, no. A lot of people uh, call me a foo foo chef. I'm actually a signature chef.
0: What's I don't know? See, I don't know the vocabulary. I
1: develop my own recipes and my own. Um, so you
0: could have your own magazine.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no, signature chefs are a dying breed.
0: Yeah. You know, well, yeah, everything that's unique and individual is pretty much being whooshed out. It's it's soldier. being
1: it's being phased out, and the thing is, it's it's goes back to the expenses and the, yeah. and the costs of of operating a business, especially for an independent uh, operator. Yeah, you it's know, more
0: cost effective to do 500 of one thing. Yeah, well, than people one don't understand. Uh,
1: small businesses, for one, don't have purchasing power. Mm-hmm. So we we pay. It's it's kind of like everyone's upset because all these uh, Amazon and Boeing get all these big tax breaks and we all have to make up for that tax break. Yeah. Well, it's the same in each of our businesses in the fact that we're not a big corporate restaurant that has 20 locations. So we get a huge break on pricing because we buy in yes. bulk. Yeah. So because of that, we're not able to do so. We make up the difference in those people that get it in bulk pricing.
0: But don't you think, and this, whoops, I just dropped my pen. Don't you think, this is my, I don't know whether it's wishful thinking or not, but I think that as we go more, homogenized and bulk and, and and certainly Amazon is an example of that and I shop Amazon I oh mean, so do I know. religiously uh, I don't go but the it stores. is indicative <laughs> of our culture I mean we go for everything has to be the same and if you go in and you want something different no not going to happen um, but I think there's a little bit or at least I hope I see a little bit of a trend towards some more boutique things do you see that in I food? would love
1: to see it go that way so do you
0: agree with me that it might be going that way or no? Um, uh,
1: to be honest, what I what uh, what I see is that, uh, um, no. I think you that the uh, boutique-ness and all that is actually going away. It's for the same thing I, I said about Capitol Hill, which I thought would be one of the last uh, commercial corporate holdouts that not go in uh, that type of situation. You have to, everything's... It's you know the best the best way that I can I could possibly put it is that uh, when we see more places like and no offense to any any industry or any business that I mention it's just what I see it's in okay my to eyes offend. is that <laughs> I do when it all I see more Applebee's <laughs> Olive Gardens Red okay. Lobsters mm-hmm. popping up and uh, when I see a company you have to understand I was born and raised in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I used to love the independent coffee shops and I still oh, do. Yeah. And that's what I support.
0: Yep. I do. So, I do cross country trips. I try to do at least one a year. And I, if I can, I avoid all those chains like a plague because I think I want to know what the regional stuff
1: does. Con- I want
0: to, completely, it's, getting it's, har- it's harder and harder to find. It small. is. It's
1: about flavor. <laughs> it's about independence. And it's, a, and it's about, you know, the passion of that. Yeah independent business owner to go to work every day Mm -hmm. to deal with what they deal with, put a smile on their face and do it because they love it. Yeah. You know, instead of being counters, like I said, I was born and raised in Seattle, Seattle, fabulous, tons of coffee shops everywhere. I saw a company come in and build, remain nameless (laughs) and build coffee shops right next to a coffee, a family owned and operated coffee shop. And I've seen that done a hundred times.
0: But we live in a culture that values convenience and hey, I, e- economy more than we value uniqueness and specialty. I mean, we just don't. I'm, yeah.
1: a, I'm an artist. I love uniqueness. Yes. I, I love things that are different. I host a drag show at my restaurant the last Sunday of every month. I'm hugely into art. What do you mean a I'm, drag show? Yeah, a drag show. You mean
0: like drag show? Like Drag Queens. queens. Oh, how cool is that? We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, it doesn't you said drag show and this shows you where I'm at. I'm thinking, how do you get those cars in your restaurant? Yeah, I'm Um.
1: (laughs) I just love all arts. I love independence. I love creativity. And I love to see a person's passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what they do
0: well and what I love to see is the differences the uniqueness Completely. between people and I think that's what we're missing in our culture is we don't really want to see that uniqueness we want everything homogenized we want everything everything uniform.
1: nice and sterile yep and
0: we want to be able to walk into a McDonald's whether it's in Tokyo or Shanghai or <laughs> Chicago or Seattle that's, and we want it all the same
1: yep consistency and, yeah. and the thing is what's funny though is I mean and it's not funny is that we you know there's some great marketing behind these these companies yeah well and let's and
0: face it who doesn't like a big mac or whatever those things are i don't in a while you don't no i have one but you know i can't
1: taco but, bell's my extreme yeah for the fast one, food
0: I, now see taco bell's a little spicy for me depending on oh no order. get
1: a cheesy gordito crunch i'm okay. telling you all
0: right right, so I'll so, try that one but, but that's to, my
1: that's my uh, whole corporate uh, Scene. Yeah. As
0: it- well, I think that, um, yeah, I I want to see that uniqueness, but I think you and I are anomalies in this in this day and age. I'm going to tell you a story about I'm going to be actually driving across Canada this summer, and I can't wait to get back to Saskatoon. I haven't been there in years, and when I was a girl, uh, we would go up into Canada, and my mother was Canadian, and I have dual citizenship, and so. As long as we were back into Canada, my mom got happy. It didn't have to be in Leduc, where she's from. And so we were driving through Saskatoon. Have you ever been through uh, Saskatchewan? Okay, Saskatchewan is flat, plains, lots of oil wells. And that's about it. And every now and then we were all starving to death. And so finally we saw this old restaurant and it was like out of a Western movie set, you know, the board stairs and the board building, you know, we walked in there and here's the, you know, the old kind of like saloon tables and stuff. And so we sat down and the waitress comes over and says, what do you have with her notebook? No, no menus. And my dad said, well what's your specialty? And she said, beans and weenies. And we had beans and weenies (laughs) and they were good. (laughs) They were good beans and weenies. And that stuck with me my whole life, you know, that they were actually good beans and weenies. Um, And you you go now and it's just about anywhere that you're at, um, you know, it's it's hard to find that uniqueness.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's... it's like we're back to the comfort food.
0: So yeah, exactly. So I wanted, to, I wanted to go back to asking you about waste. How do you handle waste?
1: So I've been I've been a chef a long time, mm-hmm. so I can I can take one thing and turn it into. M- I used so to say I could feed
0: I, a chi- I, I could have one chicken and feed a family for a week. Yeah, all the way down I to can boiling those bones.
1: I, I can turn things into different things and mm-hmm. flavor profiles and all that just with one ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about, you know, proper management. Okay. It's just about, like I said, I've done this for going on 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, uh, we're, a we're, we're, a, a bo beau- a boutique style restaurant, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm fortunate enough to, uh, Sometimes I'll just run out of things, mm-hmm. so you, you know? have to improvise. Well, we get our products fresh; yeah. everything is fresh. Yeah. So there is a lot of improvising going on, yeah. but well, also I am not scared to eighty six something.
0: Yeah. Well, as I what I was getting at with the waste question is, is uh, you know, I know in my kitchen. There's a lot more waste than I would like to see. Um, the, in uh, you know in restaurants, I see the garbage dumpsters out back, and it's the the, the waste is just phenomenal. Is that something that you've had to deal with? Because I would imagine that when you're cooking the way you cook, things are used.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is, is everything's, you know, we we use and reutilize things. We create different things on specials and, and do that. We I I get my orders. Three to four days a week. Mm -hmm. So everything's, everything's fresh. I know I've been, I've, I've been in the Valley Mm -hmm. long enough. I've been Mm -hmm. in business as far as flavor goes long enough that I know, um, how many guests I'm going to have. I know my averages. I know things like there's a lot of mathematics that go Mm -hmm. into that and it's, I don't really have to think about it much anymore. Yeah. Uh, just because I create double utilization in, in other different dishes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, yeah, I just don't have a lot of waste. I, yeah. Most menus are priced out at a 10% waste factor in restaurants. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate I don't have that. Yeah. We do everything. For one thing, we do everything to order yeah. so we can incorporate and twist this and do yeah. that.
0: Well mm-hmm. my my big thing is soup. everything ends up as soup
1: eventually <laughs>
0: So our you know
1: all our soups are, well our soup is made to order. Yeah everything yeah. in my restaurant's made to order.
0: I had your salmon chowder that is to die for and yeah, I want to know if I call up and order it, can I have it to go? It's, you can that'll <laughs>
1: always be on the menu. There's a yeah. couple things that'll always be on the menu um, the salmon chowder, the the boar ribs because that's actually my favorite dish. Oh really? Oh, uh, my menu, I'll have to try is that. The, uh,
0: but the other thing that I loved is um, your fondue.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm it's not phenomenal. a
0: fondue. I don't particularly like that.
1: Yeah, and that's made, uh, you know, with that's that crab made with in the center. Oh my god! No gluten, yeah. so it's a it's gluten free. Yeah. And you know, and, and now I'm getting ready to open up uh, my second restaurant, which is next door. Yeah. From flavor, is so that going to
0: have a different theme? Different.
1: It'll be traditions. it's it'll be a, an Italian, um. uh, very much fast casual family based okay good so well that's good it'll still incorporate the farm to table
0: yeah i think that duval is fortunate that we have a number of nice restaurants and it's good to have some uh, fine you know to have a fine restaurant it's good to have you know oh yeah i mean we really are fortunate
1: duval's very fortunate i mean it has the (laughs) grange it it has swift and savory and those gals are phenomenal Mm -hmm. you know it has um, Eric at uh, Duval Grill. It has the Duval Tavern. It has uh, Amano's Mexican. It has Extapa. Duval has everything and yeah. just that short little yeah. stretch.
0: They don't have a drive-thru, though. Uh,
1: well, there's only one drive-thru <laughs> place, and that's talking about the commercial place that put a lot of uh, yeah. independence out of business. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 for the beverages <laughs> so, kind of thing. And that's
1: that kind of stuff really hurts yeah. me really yeah. bad.
0: Well, listen, our time is up. I can't believe it because I still have loads of questions, but I'll just have to come back and buggy at the restaurant, I guess. Well, perfect. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it's, it very It's much. fun, and I think that you know we need to be talking to our business owners, our restaurant owners, our merchants. We need to talk about that more because I really do think that unless you have been fortunate enough or cursed enough to be running a business, you don't really have a clue, and it, I think- by sharing some of the the intimacies if you will of running your business it helps people understand you know it helps people understand and and then um, they can consider uh, whether they really want to complain about that bill or if they just want to budget so they only you know have that fine experience once in a while oh completely I have enjoyed having you on the show Sean and I hope you'll come back sometime I will I'd love to and I hope you come back and listen again Uh, this is Heather Stark on Valley Talk join us next week we